We are broadcasting live with consensus on reality. We're not broadcasting live, are we? No. No. But it's just like a oh, it's turn like a of saying, phrase. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> it's just live. It ha- doesn't have any significance. Nothing means anything anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. We're recording live from Emmaus, Emmaus Pennsylvania yeah, yeah. at Apport uh, Used Books. That's right. A beautiful bookstore here with some lights that may or may not work anymore. And, yeah, you broke my heart. Um, a, sh- a ton of books. Um, this is our first time recording in person in a while. Um, it's pretty sweet. We're joined today by our good friend, uh, seer, musician, researcher, what artist. Else? Artist. Um who's been working on some illustrations of cryptids, among other things. Uh, Mike Bruno is here. Say hello, Mike. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be back again. He's back in the mix. Um, One thing we forget to do, we should do, is uh, direct people over to Consensus Unreality uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash consensusunreality, where we will have a bonus episode from this uh recording here um which you 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 will not want to miss we will be turning again to our um consistent tool the ouija board oh yeah um we'll be generating some random locations using the rando nautica app um which we may or may not visit tomorrow um and we will document that um based on how scary our Ouija board session is. It's not going to be scary. Yeah, we got to go into it with good vibes, dude. Yeah. Um, um, oh, this is... What episode is this? Have we stopped doing that? This is episode... Five? Season 2, yeah. episode 5. 5. And um, so, yeah, uh, patreon.com slash consensusunreality, patreon.com slash consensusunreality. Do check that out. Um we're going to have a whole load of uh, extra bonus stuff from this, um, exclusive bonus stuff from this session on there. You will not want to miss it. Our last Ouija board sessions turned up some really interesting, weird stuff, including uh, some ghostly apparitions in the audio. Um, oh, yeah, and the, the Voynich man. The Voynich, some weird indicators in the text. Which, oh, I should have brought a copy to that. Of that to this, well, well what, you know, whatever. Yeah, we'll get. Um, that's not my real accent, but me and Mike had a spooky drive um, up here from Philadelphia. Took us on some dark back roads. Um, we were listening to John Keel's "The Eighth Tower." Oh, nice. Getting in the mood. Um, today's topic is loosely circling Mister F. W. Holiday sometimes known by his name ted holiday yeah um we we were i guess we're sort of focusing on the dragon and the disc uh, uh-huh. a yeah. book that is kind of 
about the Loch Ness monster and the uh, mythology. UFOs too. Yeah, yeah. UFOs. Uh, That's a great book. Um, the Dragon and the Disc. It's also known as Creatures from the Inner Sphere. Is the sort of uh, pulp paperback uh, publication of it. And I also read his uh, The Great Orm of Loch Ness, which I've been a little bit uh, obsessing over lately, especially his theory of the Loch Ness monster as a slug or mollusk. Mm-hmm. Which, which is a know. like a very popular um, mythology in like Ireland and Scotland and stuff. Uh, I didn't really realize that. The Orm? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, he connects like all these weird things that you wouldn't think about in terms of the Loch Ness Monster, which has kind of like popularly become like a assumed to be like a dragon that lived on, or not not a dragon, sorry, a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that he's saying that it has more to do with the dragon sort of mythology and also like, well, you know, we can get into that uh, soonly. Yes. But yeah. And we will. Um, we... Also kind of passed around um, uh, Ted Holliday's uh, The Goblin Universe, right, yeah. um, which is kind of a rare book, um, one of those like all-encompassing theories of the paranormal that, that Mr. F.W. slash Ted Holliday didn't actually want <laughs> published. Right, um, yeah, he like revoked it later on. And yeah, it's got that as a foreword by Colin Wilson, who... I guess got the manuscript and helped to get published at Llewellyn and yep yeah it's a tough one to find I I haven't been able to find a physical copy of it yet and so I've just been looking through the PDF that um, was sent to me by an anonymous uh, <laughs> correspondent for the podcast um, your PDF was uh-huh really yeah of goblin uh, yeah yeah I thought I sent it to yeah, you. Yeah, it was you. That's, okay. that's, yeah. I see you're making a, a play here. I'm <laughs> I'm causing you're, a trick to happen. You're adding a layer, <laughs> yeah. a trickster's yeah. layer. Okay. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. Dave sent it to me, uh, uh, be, you know, through email. Yeah, one of our <laughs> intern, a consensus yeah. on reality interns <laughs> sent it. Um, anyway, so we're all about that uh, Loch Ness Monster the last few weeks, which is kind of a turn from the headier, like, magic with a k type stuff that uh we've been covering a lot lately although a little bit you'll it see goes that, yeah. right back there <laughs> it, it, like, very no, quickly <laughs> as soon as you like you look away it's right it's not, it's like a it's like this whole like phenomenon is made out of like a like rubber that <laughs> as soon as you pull it it'll immediately snap back into magic occult kenneth grant land right so, yeah you know yeah and that's like the funny thing too is that kind of ties into who uh Mr. Ted Holiday was because mm. he kind of started his career as like an he was an angler, a yeah. fisherman, and he wrote books about, you know, fishing, um angling. And uh <laughs> right. But I guess he also being from he's he's Irish or Scottish? Uh well, you know. Yeah. We <laughs> Something forget. like that. Whoops. Um either way. I should just look at the we have like three of his books right here. Yeah, he he had a, a sighting of um, old Nessie when he was very young. When he was a lad. A lad, <laughs> as they say. Did he have more than one sighting? Yeah, I think yeah. Th- it's that like childhood one um, that kind of initially perked his interest in the whole mythology here. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, he was. 
I think he got into it because yeah, he like if you look at his like bibliography or whatever, even on like Wikipedia, it's like how to catch a really good trout and like then like angling for the really big fish. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, and it's like it very slowly is like at the end it's like the goblin universe <laughs> right and i feel like th- this book too the dragon and the disc like, yeah kind of encapsulates his whole career for sure in that a nutshell it's awesome i kind of just like it's really yeah. sick yeah it's got some beautiful images too but yeah. it it really starts out like v- extremely scientific you know right like, yeah a lot of like you know sonar mapping of right. the lock that's because he's picking up where the the great orm book uh kind of left off and like that was like a big lo- like I guess the Loch Ness monster thing had like kind of a a big like almost ex- it was almost like accepted as like one of like the acceptable cryptids for a while like people were like yeah it's probably just like some kind of yeah animal and then like I feel like once we got to like History Channel era where they were like there's nothing down there yeah it's like but like he's like doing stuff like testing like the kind of sediment at the bottom to see if it might be like a bottom feeder like stuff like that like he was like really into like the the nuts and bolts aspect of it. But by the end of the book, he's like, maybe Aleister Crowley, like, <laughs> made Satan come back. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. We have a train going by right now. That's There's no no train runs through these parts, Ben. What? That's it's a, a ghost a, train. It's a ghost train? <laughs> yeah. Last night, actually, I watched uh, John Carpenter's The Fog. Oh, how was that? Pretty great one. I haven't yeah. seen that for a while. Yeah. The fog. There's a fog that rolls in with these pirates looking for their booty. Oh, man. I love you know? pirates. Yeah. Pirates and slugs. Ghost pirates. Um, pirates, slugs, and... <laughs> oh, these are my favorite things. <laughs> Carpenter's The Thing actually kind of plays into this this whole thing about the this sort of like mutating realm yeah. of, of cryptids. Uh, you know, s- well, I think we'll, we'll kind of get into that whole path not to use the the j word the jungian realm but like you know like the sort of projecting what you bring to the experience yeah wait that's a j <laughs> i thought yeah. that was a why i thought it was why, <laughs> why? Yeah. <laughs> the why word <laughs> yeah. um yeah but i that's what he that's like kind of where he ends up in the goblin universe the goblin yeah. universe is sort of like this it's what Keel talks about in the Eighth Tower too. Is that there's like a what does he call it? like the Ultra Realm? Like yeah, something like that. Well, we're dealing with ultra terrestrials right. who manifest in in like through the lens of our consciousness. Yeah, I have it right over your shoulder is a book called Ultra Terrestrial Contact. There you go. Which is funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Eighth Tower. So is that where he's? He starts off with like the the. What is it? Is that the Tower of Babel? How does he start yes. that? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. it's like at the top is like this like, it's where like the gods live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's where the gods like come down to meet right. like this one offering who's a human essentially. Right. <laughs> yeah. I love that book. That's, um, and that's that. Uh, it's his, it's, I think it's his best. Um, yeah. It's like, I mean, it depends what you want from Keel. Um, it's not like super gumshoey like the yeah. Mothman prophecies, which is what kind of, uh, that's what like got me into him. But it's his best like theoretical work, I think. For sure. For sure. That's a great way to put it, actually. Because, yeah, Mothman is so fun because it's yeah. like, you know, boots on the ground journalism, <laughs> right. um, which is, is really cool. Uh, and it's just like in in the midst of like, not knowing what the fuck is going on where you know 
Eighth Tower is more of like an armchair speculation book. Right, yeah. um, but in terms of like, he, it, he ended up writing a lot of those, and that's yeah. The reason why I wanted to revisit that is because that's what the Goblin Universe is for Ted Holiday. Essentially, it's yeah. one of those like armchair speculations where it's like, well, what the hell is going on here? I spent enough time out on a boat in the lock, and we can't <laughs> capture this thing on film. You know, our equipment is getting hazy every time we go out and look for this thing. I'm not getting any scientific results. There, what right. is going on here? Like, is, this is clearly in the realm of, like, consciousness and, and, and studies and consciousness and not, like, some physical uh, left-behind creature, you know? Right. I've noticed from reading about this stuff uh, over the last few weeks how many names there are for bodies of water <laughs> in like the united kingdom area right <laughs> and it, yeah. how, how many like stories of of orms and and dragons there are i, I like know. yeah it's everywhere that was kind of an interesting thing to me because you naively can think like oh dragon you know dragons and like king arthur and then yeah. medieval you know kind of like fantasy stories of dragons but no there's quite a bit of folklore tales of actually like people banishing like a giant orm or a, a you know a dragon that's described more in a natural kind of way than, than mm. something like you know clearly supernatural um like a fire breathing dragon you know right yeah it's like a and then um i got this other book just today kind of randomly picked it up uh the monsters of loch ness by roy p mackle and that like the sort of i guess like taxonomy might be the word i don't know just like all these different kinds of like sightings um like sometimes the monster will have like a mane sometimes it'll have like horns and the main thing brings to mind that like al- alchemical snake with a lion's head thing mm-hmm. what is that called is that like Yal- a form of ab- abraxas or no no that is yelled about no, that's yeah, oh, oh, yeah it's gnostic you're right yeah. yeah that that is actually a symbol for the demiurge <coughs> right also, i mean yeah no yeah. no yeah uh, there's also like the um i guess like european water horse myths right uh, which yeah. is related to like the fairy realm yeah, yeah. he talks true. about that a ton in there too what's that called the kelpie is that another thing? I think the Kelpie is yeah. one of them. I think there's like a bunch of variations. Okay, yeah. Yeah, what's with that? There's like a grotesque mermaid water horse, like Yeah, like sometimes called a Nyx, I think. Sometimes yeah. it's a shapeshifter mm-hmm. and sometimes like it'll be like a, you know, enchanting like violinist and then he turns into a water horse and you know, if <laughs> you so much as like touch this person it just transforms and drags you into the water. Damn. stuff like that it's, yeah it's wild there's a lot of that like in the fairy lore you just, like you're always just getting dragged somewhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yeah i mean also yeah I, I guess i'll talk about it i was thinking about maybe saving it but i've, I've been listening to an audiobook of the latest jacques valet book oh. uh dimensions that's not the latest one I thought that was the new one. No, the Dimensions is old. Maybe they just released the audiobook. The newest one is... Fuck, what's it called? It's like the one that had all that controversy. It's called... Oh, no. It was co-written with Paula Harris. They must. Oh, right, right, right. They must have just published yeah, I think they just audio, an yeah. audio of Dimensions then. When yeah. is Dimensions supposed to be from? I think that's from like the 
late 70s or early 80s or maybe it's like is it really because it's so similar to passport to magonia yeah like i mean that's the thing with these right. guys they yeah, kind yeah. of like they latch onto their thing and they yeah i mean dimensions is great um what is the new one it's called uh oh man damn as not aztec uh it's like it's named after one of the famous overlooked ufo crash sites do you know what it is mike uh, no, not no. not offhand. <laughs> well, now I have to look for that. Um, uh, what else can we talk about while I work the internet? <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. Um, yeah. Uh, I have to know. Um, but anyway, I mean, in 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 dimensions, he's talking a ton about Kirk, obviously. And, uh, you know, his, his classic relating the UFO lore to fairy lore. Mm. Um, and it's it's kind of interesting in, in the dragon and the disc how, I guess, when we're, you know... When Trinity. He, Trinity. What, what is that? Is That's a crash? Yeah, the Trinity site. Um, that's like the nuclear test site. I know. But it's... That's what they're, yeah. And it's caused a lot of controversy. Um, yeah, the the dragon in the disc has that picture, the famous uh, thing that, like, Arthur Conan Doyle was, um, like, basically ruined his reputation over those pictures. The fairy pictures? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, like, that feature's big in the in the dragon in the disc. It's, I don't think he's, like, commenting on their veracity or not, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, those pictures look as fake as I could imagine they look so <laughs> I think it's really funny and someone with such cred yeah. just like goes like all in on that I know I mean <laughs> I kind of respect it I mean I think it's super cool yeah. I love those pictures <laughs> yeah oh I, mean, I see yeah. Dim- Dimensions is from 1988 88 wow yeah. that's later than that. yeah because then he yeah, had Dimensions uh, R- Revelations and there was another one uh, some, you know it was another shun word but yeah, it was like a trilogy, and yeah. So I'm trying to think about how like we're talking about like these these dragons, serpents, sea, like sea monsters, and worms and orms, like kind of taking on this like uh, supernatural, like amorphous type of thing. Like maybe yeah. they're slugs, maybe they're like you know d- some sort of dimensional creature. Uh, like I'm kind of interested if like you know other serpents around the world like our american lake monsters or something Mm. do they ever take on those because they always seem so terrestrial to me they're like you know described as like you know snake or eel like or maybe even prehistoric and like very they just seem like so like solid and tangible most of the time so it's interesting to think about them as like you know something else What's yeah. the like? What's the big New York one like uh, in one of those lakes up there? Oh, Champy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think feel like that Champy kind of arises from like a singular photograph. Oh, really? Yeah. It's not like a a common sighting. I mean, sighting? sightings come. Yeah. W- once you sort of build the mythology, like right, yeah. you, if you build it, they will. But like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it's kind of interesting how this stuff works, and it's. 
like what Holiday is talking about here is this vast mythology of of dragons and yeah. serpent serpentine mythologies in Scotland, right, and Ireland, and and, and also over here too. I mean, he gets into the serpent mound stuff, right, yeah. right. I was recently um, I spent some time in Wisconsin, uh, and every lake there has a lake monster. So I was trying to huh. go to like all the lakes in like you know southeast to like the Driftless area. Uh, looking for monsters, and I didn't see any, but I did uh, have the privilege to see some serpent mounds. So I oh, thought wow. that was cool. That's awesome. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah and, uh, in Wisconsin? What's that? There's serpent mounds there. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And, you know, it's like crazy. These things are like, you know, the one that I went to was just juxtaposed to like a golf course, and like people really had to fight to save it from being like mm. paved. It's like literally the fence is like, like, going through like one of the mounds and like mm. you don't even know what else used to be there like yeah things are just like paved over like it makes me think how many like are still like undiscovered you know by modern people yeah absolutely but it was like pretty incredible like i also went to like astalan i think that's how you pronounce it uh which was really cool but the serpent mounds especially like gave me like a real like holy feeling or something like i felt mm. like i was in the presence of something like you know, I was in the presence of something sacred and prehistoric. Yeah. I saw actually, I told you, me and Mike were camping last week and I saw like a three foot long uh, rat snake. <laughs> wow. It's pretty awesome. It's black with a silver belly. Um, wow. Whenever you see those things out in, in the wild, like yeah. a, a pretty like decent length snake, it is, I don't know, it's, there's something like spiritual about it. I think because we've, uh, embedded that creature with so much like mythology. Yeah. And it makes me wonder why the, the snake, you know, it's kind of odd. Cause like, what if it was like an alligator from the beginning or something like right. a crocodile or like it. Yeah, and there's something about the snake for yeah. sure. Yeah. I was startled by same. I'm pretty positive. It's black snake. Uh, I have a picture I could show you. It was huge. And I was like trout stalking in the stream and uh, I was looking for sea lampreys, which like nest there, huh. and uh, and came across this like probably like five foot long black snake, and I was like kind of scared. Yeah, huh. I was like, whoa! I yeah, didn't see you there, and there you are. Right. They're pretty cool. I've been seeing slugs a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just like they they keep showing up in my backyard. There's like you see like a trail like in the morning, <coughs> and you follow it, and then like there's a slug, and I saw one eating, and it was like really crazy. Yeah, posted I mean, it on Instagram. It's like, did yeah. you ever see a mating ritual of leopard slugs? No. It's insane. I bet. <laughs> you have to. I don't. I don't think I want to see it. It's like you can like yeah. look it up on YouTube and hear like David Attenborough's beautiful oh voice uh, walk you through it. I'm I have too much. Sure yeah. He talks about. It. I have too much respect for them to watch them have sex. I think. Oh uh, man, <laughs> no, I, keep it in private. You know. <laughs> it's like you know, they're these are these are you know private citizens. Let's not. It burst into voyeuristic, the I suppose. No, but, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just really, I like them. It's like I wouldn't watch crows have sex because I like them too much. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I guess I wouldn't watch any animal have sex unless. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what was the unless? <laughs> um, We're entering the goblin universe right, right yeah. now. This conversation. Unless, uh, I'm a scientist. Yeah. And you follow the science. <laughs> follow it. Um, speaking of which, that's what Holiday did. He followed the science, <laughs> and then he was like, 
I got to give this up. And then he, he looks into yeah. the mythology, you know, and, and he starts to, to track the disc. Right, the disc. Because, yeah. The it, serpent. He, like, starts with the... He's, like, there's all these Loch Ness monster sightings and these other, like, Scottish and Irish lake sightings. But there's also, at the same time, in the same place, usually these UFO sightings. Right. And Always accompanying them. Yeah. He's, like, well, why is that happening? <laughs> and Right. Yeah. He gets into some pretty interesting i mean i guess he uses the Jungian kind of like line on he was he was he was like seriously just like inspired by the the Jungian texts and stuff a lot right yeah because like the the ufo is like a symbol of like wholeness Mm -hmm. that's like externalized that we're like looking up and seeing and like we're in awe of this like whole and like comparing that to like the the christ kind of myth or like the the holy ghost even or something right and and jung's idea of the ufo is like sort of the manifestation of a new cultural religion yeah yeah and that's i mean we we did american cosmic last year yeah. and american cosmic is kind of getting into that idea too is diana pasolka is a um like a phd of theology and she was studying right. like the the ufo researchers and stuff and and that stuff's super strange too because yeah I was was listening to somebody talking about American Cosmic. This is getting off track a little bit, obviously, but whatever. We can just meander around here. <laughs> but they were talking about the main character in American Cosmic. Um, the like the the uh, tech guy. The weird like tech guy Tyler. who's in con- Tyler, who's yeah. like in contact with like yeah, yeah. ultra terrestrials and getting like, downloads. He has to drink water at like a certain time of the morning though to do it yeah i I guess like uh, a lot of people in the scene are like confirming him as like an NASA scientist huh yeah whose name is like really similar to tyler actually it's like not even really a (laughs) fake name yeah seriously (laughs) Um, oh man i since we've done that episode i feel like my uh my outlook has dimmed on the like uh, the possibility that that book w- wasn't a like extreme psyop object, like a like part of a. I d- I mean not not that I don't think these UFO things are. I'm not like the kind of person who thinks it's like it's all to like, you know, fuck with us and make us think blah blah blah. I I just think like that book's so fishy to me in hindsight. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, my feeling on it is that there's so many nodes of the ufo phenomena that yeah. a book like that can exist and not be a psyop you know like yeah the world is is our our country is like in this uh you know late capitalism so yeah. so like you know there there is sort of like a post like uh ussr like oligarchical fracturing where there could be like independents who have so much money that they can fund this like yeah. independent research. If that guy is NASA, then what I'm saying doesn't play at all. Right. You know, and people probably haven't read American cosmic, so they don't even know what the fuck we're talking about. But, um, I, I was kind of surprised when we were researching for that episode that I couldn't find anyone like, I mean, it was a major press that put it out, but like, I didn't see anyone like being like, Hey, who do you think this is? Like, there's no like Reddit posts about it or anything. No, uh, there there is like a. Is uh, there like a thread going on, or people are trying to figure it out? No, people like have have basically outed this fellow. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that. Is that recent? I don't know if anybody cares that it's out or not, but right, like yeah. somebody would care if the the information that's in that book that is proposed to be yeah real. Essentially, we're talking about like a guy who's 
very high up in like the tech world of like the West Coast and stuff and who's claiming to get downloads from ultra terrestrials but at the same time like is a, a doctor himself and and is like definitely like a a hooked up connected individual yeah. um and who takes her out to a you know a crash an uh archaeological ufo site which means that it's like right some people are connecting that to the thing that valet is writing about exactly trinity so that's, yeah i'm not sure if it's the same place that's what i was thinking when you mentioned are, it. people are saying that it is yeah know? right right and it's like the place where they filmed like that x-files scene that, like they mentioned that in american cosmic mm, that's interesting wow yeah. there's i don't know i think there's something to it i do too i just i'm maybe there's a big old snake there yeah i'm more skeptical than i used to be about <laughs> more than you used to be yeah well, I don't know. It it changes day to day, but I, a good case can be made for that. Like the whole UFO thing is just fucking with people to like. But I, oh, I mean, obviously, a ton of it is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then no, yeah. I think there's genuine mysteries out there too. You there, know, there are. But like, just like the amount of stuff that came just from Richard Doty, it's like it's it's pretty mind boggling. Yeah, but there there's also like enough genuine like archaeological mysteries i think like oh yeah even no, like yeah. there's that whole keel book we, we were listening to it briefly in the car which is why i'm thinking of it but our haunted planet yeah, which yeah. is like about um archaeological objects that are out of time essentially what are those called uh uparts yeah and and <laughs> um obviously grant graham hancock is fascinated by that stuff another book i read recently was all about that shit i can't remember graham hamcock anyway um i'm gonna read the uh i'm gonna read the grant thing oh from, grant grant this is from beyond the mauve zone because i think this ties in interestingly enough because we're talking about the the draco serpent worship yeah. and it you know we just did that episode on the reptilians too we made yeah, a, a laugh of it but we're yeah. right back there you thought that, yeah, you thought you were like, oh man, this is not, this is, and then everyone was like, I love that episode. Um, yeah, let's Peeling see. back the curtain there. <laughs> <laughs> beyond the, we're going beyond the green door. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, okay. The double of the fire snake is not only responsive to the image making or imaginative faculty, for she extends beyond the body's limits to merge with cosmic energies symbolized by the stars and planets. By this means, the whirling disks, chakras, UFOs from Uranus, Neptune, Pluto are rendered perceptible via the basal chakra. That's scary. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's, there's so much stuff in, in Grant's books about... And I've, he he's privy, you know, like yeah, he's intentionally weaving in all of this, you know, modern and and old folklore um, into his his uh, Typhonian mythos because he knows that it's gonna hit for people when they read it. <laughs> but at the same time, like he does have a a way of encapsulating this stuff, and there, yeah. there's clearly something to the dragon and the disc. I mean, all of this serpentine mythology, yeah. you know. No, I, and I love that. We didn't even really plan for it, but it ended up really tying in with that uh, Patreon episode of Reptilians. It's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I read, um, yeah. Um, I read this book by Ivan T. Sanderson, mm. who also did a lot for the world of cryptozoology. Yeah. Um, 
I think it was called um, Invisible Residence. Yeah. And it was uh, about how, like, the majority of UFOs are spotted coming in and out of the water. Um, and I found that to be, like, a really interesting take because I never really thought of that before. Like, I've always thought about, like, people seeing UFOs in the desert in Roswell. And then I read that book and was, like, very into it. And I thought it was a very interesting idea, you know. Yeah water connection like it could it be like ancient atlantis like right water yeah. like shooting up like ufos the ones coming out of antarctica maybe too like hollow earth stuff i don't know the hole at the pole <laughs> the hole at the, oh, the old hole at the pole we're right back here boys yeah. <laughs> it's like a that's a throwback to our uh what do we call that episode land land beyond yeah parts one and two check it out the Nazi <laughs> UFO hollow earth mystery. Man, the whole hollow earth thing is, is a lot more, like, everyone was like, that's just straight up Nazi stuff. I was like, no, it's not. And it's like, it's pretty Nazi stuff. It's like pretty, um, it's interesting how connected it is to, uh, yeah, to that. But I get, you know, anyway. So much stuff is Nazi stuff. I mean, like, even it's so the, annoying. the, <laughs> the whole, like, Oregon thing of, of Reich and the, the super spectrum of um, Keel is essentially the, the Vril, you know. It's I guess, but I feel like the Vril, well, that's just from uh, Bulwer Lighten's uh, yeah, coming race. And so that's, yeah. I mean, that was literally just like a, you know, gothic sci fi. It's not like, he wasn't like, it's I like think. Yeah, but he was a theosophist. Yeah. He was theosophist, though. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he was, uh, and he wrote that famous uh, Rosicrucian Zanoni, novel. Zanoni, yeah. yeah. Mm, so he, he was tapped in, but he was also like, you know, uh, like kind of a hack. Not like in a bad way, but like he was like really, he was putting out tons of books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Theosophists yeah. definitely loved him, though. What's what yeah. not to like, like? This guy's one of us. <laughs> yeah. What's <laughs> not to like? Um, yeah, I have, he has uh The pen is mightier there. than the sword, I think he's famous for. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was a dark and stormy night he's famous for, too. Mm-hmm. I have uh, the the last days of Pompeii, I think. So I'm looking at it. It's sitting here. I can't. I think that's what the one it is. Um, How about the Walter like Walsh? I go stack these books. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, I have this, like, uh What if somebody comes in and is like, I want that one all the way at the bottom? Well, you see, <laughs> the listeners can't see this, but it's a, it's a false tower of books. It's really, there's shelving every several books. Coming out of the bogs. Right. There's nothing not to like about a good bog. So let's get back to this fellow, uh, <laughs> F.W. Holiday. He... You know, so he's out there on the boats. He, he's with all these scientists going out on the lock, doing sonar research, putting out, casting his big fishing nets, and he's not netting old Nessie. So uh, <laughs> then he kind of ends up, you know, researching the disc and this serpentine worship of particularly right. Ireland. I think he notes that uh, the UK doesn't have as much serpentine history as does uh, Scotland and Ireland. And there's kind of an interesting analogy that that happens there where he, I think it's actually in the Goblin universe that maybe he thinks the idea of St. Patrick banishing the snakes from Ireland is actually Mm. maybe a reference to some patron saint um, banishing serpentine religion and serpent worship from the Isles, um, which I thought was really interesting uh, if there was like, a very popular cult of the serpent um, to which you see in a lot of the old architecture and church designs and stuff. 
Right. Yeah, I love that. So many saints or dragon slayers, too. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I wonder... Yeah, I mean, I guess you could get into the kind of... uh, What's the word? Like... Uh, heavy-handed idea that like we're talking about like you know the reptilian brain and like it's talking about like overcoming that through like consciousness or right, overcoming right. instinct mm-hmm. um, yeah but i think it probably has more to do with like I-, I would lean toward having more to do with like actual historical um like druid or other uh sort of religions of the land being like uh driven out by yeah like christianity (laughs) i'm gonna get wild on you here i think if you take both of those things all right because i mean it i think you know like this sort of rational atheistic breakdown of this kind of stuff would be like yeah well this is a symbol for your your brain stem your lizard brain essentially warring with your mammalian consciousness um and that's where that's what the, the 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 role that these symbols are being played out as. Um, and then, of course, you also have this like rich historical mythology. But if we are to take these things into the realm of the super spectrum mm. or the the goblin, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the the goblin universe, you know, like why can't these things be anthropomorphized into like real entities, <laughs> into some like actual super spectrum, you right, know, like. Yeah where things are more fluid and, and I don't know, like maybe these there's life to these manifestations and maybe that's kind of what people are seeing when they're seeing, you know, a giant, uh, serpentine dragon on the lock, you know, that is is not truly materialized, you know, but is, is visually like phasing. Um, Mm. maybe it's not something that is essentially, you know, transitioning from one dimension to another but is is like uh being actualized through um you know yeah being actualized in some weird way uh through the reaction of mythology and and this this warring elements of our consciousness you know like yeah i think that's that's the egregore right um i think also like the feedback the feedback or the i always liked the term uh golemic vectorization which is from um (laughs) david haim smith do you Uh, know him yeah he's like the kabbalistic artist and writer yeah yeah um he's pretty interesting he's he's written books basically breaking down like genesis through like a kabbalistic uh um system or whatever yeah uh yeah, but he 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 uses this term golemic vectorization and and how like you can sort of create a golem out of a an addiction, you know, mm. or, or if we have these like warring elements of our consciousness or our you know, even our mythologies, you know, like you can bring that golem into the world in a, in a way. Right. There's the uh, who wrote Egregores? Mark uh Stavish. 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 Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. heavy in that book as well. Right. You know. Huh. And these things, they don't, I think they don't have to exist in a realm of just like, you know, symbolic philosophy. Like maybe there is something to like these things actually having life and ha- having like a visual element. Right. You know? Yeah. No, I, I think, yeah, just uh, on another level or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if like 
some of these sightings could like be ghosts of dinosaurs or something or like time slips people are like bearing witness to some type of like dimensional time slip or Mm. you know seeing a fragment of the past in some type of way if it's not an actual material creature right you'd think that if like the stone tape type thing were true that that it would have captured dinosaurs at some point right you know what's really funny actually i'm realizing that the whole stone tape thing is mentioned in the preface by colin wilson Mm -hmm. to the goblin universe yeah and one of the progenitors of the stone tape theory is left left bridge yeah um this british writer from like the late 1800s or early 1900s and now i'm remembering that when we got lost in Maniunk, we were supposed to make a right turn on Lethbridge Street, right? <laughs> like the name of this writer, which is kind of a weird synchronicity there. That is but weird. Interesting. Man, I've been having synchronicities like several times a day, every day for the last like month. Me and Mike had a really twisted one. I think maybe we'll, we're going to, I'm going to tease this out big time here, but we, <laughs> we had a really crazy one last weekend and we'll talk about it on the Patreon. And and it had to do with some some magic and and some some stuff. So patreon.com slash consensus on reality. Check that out. Five dollars a month. You get bonus episodes and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we should just. uh, (laughs) What would happen if we just like took the like pitch that the higher side chats guy does and just like sampled (laughs) it into our own thing? That would be awesome. (laughs) Um, you get five dollars, yeah. <laughs> and you won't have to hear this voice ever again. Yeah, yeah. COVID is not real. <laughs> Sorry, oh, <man>. actually. <laughs> yeah, right. I have to cut that out. Now. Or even the the rune soup. Yeah, the rune soup guy. Like, <laughs> like. I can stop. We can't do this because we're gonna have to cut this whole part. We don't have to. It's gonna it. imitate every paranormal yeah. podcast. <laughs> like, uh, I live on a very small island, so I don't have to worry about COVID. You get me saying rune soup on here in in the voice. <laughs> I'm going to have to cut shit, so let's you just move the, on. Yeah, you need to get the whiskey flowing. Yeah, so, so get the the uh, harmonium out for the <laughs> intro. Damn, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I used to love that show. I haven't listened in a while. but um, Yeah, I, I really like the, the stone tape theory yeah. idea. Um, I like it because I, I'm obsessed kind of with recording devices and like I think I th- I don't know. Mm. I just have like a fascination with recording no, devices, and it's I, a very attractive theory. Yeah, but it's too it's too clean, and it it's like very clean, and it doesn't it doesn't play. For, it doesn't account for any of the like. I mean, the whole thing is that it's like so uh, dependent on the viewer, like the experiencer. It's like that's like that's almost all of it is like on the end of like the the person. It does. It just doesn't account for the absurdity of most. Right. It, like. Yeah most of the paranormal stuff is is absurd you know like some of it fits cleanly where it's like oh i'm at gettysburg and i'm seeing you know a bunch of civil war ghosts but i think that's kind of the the thing where you bring that context there you know it's like when we so few people actually see that like that's so few people's experiences like i was at you know like this famous place and i saw the famous thing yeah uh, or I mean, like people go out to the desert to bring down UFOs, and they see lights in the sky and UFOs. Like, a, right? But if I, I don't know, if you're going to Loch Ness, you know, and it's a weird foggy night, maybe you'll see Nessie because you're bringing that context with you. It's like when we were talking about, you know, cryptids, and then I went camping that night, and I see a a 
panther yeah. in New Jersey running across the right. rainy park that we were in. Like, yeah. was it me bringing that, like manifesting that because we were talking and I was mentioning big cats earlier, like thinking that I would see that, you know? And yeah. If I thought I would see a dragon, would I see a dragon? I think you would. You know, I think the funny thing is most people who go out looking for things, they don't see them. It's the people who just aren't looking who tend to see the stuff. Right. For sure. Yeah, I think it's like ma- like a combination of like openness to it and like having like somehow like accidentally dialed like the number of that thing by like, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about it too much maybe or like. Yeah, because it's not. Yeah, it's not like the UFO hunter that's necessarily going to find UFOs unless Stephen Greer is faking it for you or whatever. But <laughs> True, he's got yeah. the the, yeah. Yeah, the old flares up. <laughs> right, <laughs> but um, I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's a yeah a weird combination of um, that like quantum kind of cliche of like the the observer and then also like because you don't really know what is like being observed at all like it's not like you're not observing like a um an atom or you know or whatever like an electron or whatever it was with like the quantum experiments you're like observing like this weird entity that's like so complex yeah right and so it could take any number of shapes at that level of like complexity yeah i mean it's kind of cool that i th- i would say probably like 70% of paranormal encounters are just like completely absurd you know right Mm -hmm. like they're not clean you know even considering like ghostly apparitions and all that stuff like i think yeah most of it is like a combination of absurd things where it's like there's a there's a floating orb with a bigfoot encounter or there's like a right you know weird stench with some horned creature and it's like just (laughs) inexplicable things like i think that people after they experience it begin to fit it into some sort of mythology that's more familiar yeah um but uh i lost my train of thought on where i was going with that a little bit but um yeah. <laughs> there's definitely like such a big connection with ufos and bigfoot and honestly like right. the whole serpent connection with ufos is pretty new to me i didn't really hear about that one before yeah well i mean i think this guy kind of blazed that trail a little bit with his book um yeah well yeah, and I mean the reptilian thing is obviously serpentine to some, you know, like I guess they're lizard, like the cliche is like lizard people, but I think that snake people probably makes more sense like symbolically, right? To like what 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 they because you know like lizards are like associated with like a whole different like mythology, like they're almost like associated with like laziness in some ways, like you know sitting on the rocks and like like laying in the sun or like you know whereas like snakes are pretty much universally associated with like these sort of like deep like libidinous dark like kind of things which i think makes more sense in like the the mythology of like the draco reptilian army you know i remember like in elementary school there was um a a history book and i love dinosaurs so i naturally like gravitated toward the dinosaur section yeah and uh and there was like a construction like i guess a speculative construction of a dinosaur humanoid in this like oh, regular history it's the famous one that you would like youtube yeah. see online um and like that totally like wrapped my imagination as a kid i was yeah. just like dinosaurs evolved into people too i know this is crazy <laughs> yeah it is real i mean i wonder i wonder if 
that kind of, what what do they call that where like uh evolution sort of takes the same shape eventually is it like convergent evolution or something mm. sounds right yeah. yeah or like the joke of like everything eventually evolves into a crab i think it's like been going around lately but yeah i wonder like i remember reading somewhere about like how like the humanoid like in one of the sort of new age like pleiadian uh sort of tracks in in the new age thing they they would say like the the figure of man is like universal throughout um all the galaxies and that like right like they're like that's why everything's humanoid it's like the perfect proportions and it's like yeah yeah so you wonder like what like the the humanoid version of like any given animal would be it's like this uh those crabs though like yeah you guys hear about those like crabs that live off of sulfur like totally at the bottom of the ocean they're like i'm like i think it's like crabs and then what are those like coral things like oh there's like tubes Mm -hmm. i love those like they're like unlike all of the rest of the life on the planet that we know and just like survive off of sulfur or something yeah that's crazy super cool yeah like the humanoid version of that tube thing it's like a guy with like a tube (laughs) like a disgusting tube for a head that's like the dancing car wash tube or whatever um (laughs) yeah they're real right yeah that's like that's some like crazy guys like idea is that i shouldn't say that it could be me someday but yeah the tube people are real that's like based (laughs) on a real being (laughs) hell yeah you write that book yeah I come back here. You're like, yes, yeah, I, I sold the bookshop, man. I gotta, I gotta put this book out. Yeah. The the author's name is like Pladian, like <laughs> Light Warrior Two or something. Yeah. Um, the tube people. Yeah. No shade towards Pladian Light Warrior. Well, I read your book. He's out there like that's really my name. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, or she. I don't actually know. True. Isn't it? Isn't it odd though that there's such a precedent for like shape shifting in mythology? I um, mean, it's, I don't know if it's odd. It's interesting. Well, the correlation <laughs> there is with, the, you know, the absurdity of many people's yeah, yeah. visions is that, you know, they, they're seeing a spectrum of phenomena in, in a, in right. what do you call it? In, in, se- in sequence or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I think it's, I mean, and I guess a lot, pretty much every culture seems to have like that trickster shapeshifter. Um, right. I'm sure there's exceptions, but there's so much of it in the um, elven lore too, which yeah. is mentioned in this book and and the goblin universe. Mm. It's odd too, like the I didn't realize, but in the goblin universe, um, Holiday talks about the Elohim, which is spelled E L L Y. Maybe there's an H O N. Yeah. I don't have my notepad with me. Um, but that is so similar to the Elohim, right? Uh, but these are like, I, I guess, seemingly like a arise like differently. I don't know if there's some sort of like, yeah, migration going on there with the the my- mythology or the the language. But um, right, huh. they were like, you know, a, a version of like the elf or fey lore. Yeah, but they were like sh- trickster. Um, yeah, yeah shapeshifters and then there's that's kind of also in the uh that reptilian book that i read by that dude i can't even remember his name now uh yeah he's like that crazy name len caston len caston he was <laughs> saying that in that book the elohim were like the architects of the uh, uh the contract between the 
Atlanteans, the, the uh, contract, the, the council of light <laughs> yeah. and the reptilians like to create humanity. Right. Because they were, they were done warring for a minute uh-huh. for a brief reprise. So they yeah. agreed to create humanity using a, a consort of the DNA. But then the Atlanteans, you know, sunk Lemuria because they had just had enough right, cause with their one, EMPs. Because one thing continents do, it's sink. Know your history, man. <laughs> All right. Atlantis sank. Yeah. Like, uh, they, they hit the hull and it sank. I heard uh, the reptilians made the dinosaurs, but there was an experiment gone wrong and they killed the dinosaurs. Mm. That would be good. Yeah, it's like if we made like grotesque like dog versions of people and then like they became huge and then we had to kill them all yeah you're right len <laughs> Caston said that they used to reptilians used to eat the dinosaurs uh, so like they were like harvesting like cattle like dinosaur farms uh, yeah it's like, like if we Jurassic made like parks. if we made like human pigs that we had to eat mm. it would be like that Damn, that's nasty. yeah yeah we're pretty like close yeah we're gonna, we're gonna do that though yeah yeah definitely <laughs> yeah we're already like generating like artificial organs and stuff right, right? yeah like, what do you think beyond burgers are what <laughs> it's what people. in sam hell it's people <laughs> whoa 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 what's going on here where facts or no facts the world was ripe for darwin's evolutionary and it fell like a well-plucked duck into the eager hands of Nietzsche and Karl Marx. God was dead, and one could now... This is where he gets into his keel shit. Yeah. <laughs> this is some keel type shit. God was dead, and one could now get on with wars and class struggles. Only with difficulty did Darwin avoid having Marx put his name on the dedication page of Das Kapital. In 1864, the Royal Society awarded Darwin the Copley Medal, and thus the establishment seal of approval was affixed to the theory for all time. War huh. on Darwinism. This guy, does he like Darwin? I don't think so. <laughs> I, A lot of these fellows don't don't really get on with Darwin too much. I don't much. really like Darwin either. I like Marx, though. I mean, at least Marx, you know, makes sense. I but, mean, yeah. like... I guess they are pretty similar, though, so I can see why he's, like, going after both of them at once. Evolution, you know? Yes. Right. But, like, it's also, like, an unfinished story. I think oh, it's yeah. just kind of, like... And the issue with ev- the theory of evolution is the dates, essentially, hmm. because, like, they keep fucking changing. And But people, mm-hmm. like, over time, and meaning time in the last, like, hundred and something yeah. years, have just, like, made careers acting like these dates are, like, solid you know right and the same thing for like archaeology it's like they ran with it this shit's 1300 years old and then like 20 years later it's like this shit's 13,000 years old it's like that's a big fucking gap you know like yeah i have noticed that they're always like yeah like well this is a lot older than we thought (laughs) yeah and then all the books we like are just like war on archaeologists (laughs) you know like fucking yeah what was that um, what, what what were we looking into then? Oh, the the serious mystery stuff is, mm-hmm. is bigger Temple. than that. Yeah. yeah. And who is that? Uh, oh, is that Serpent Mounds guy who did that documentary? Oh, um, that guy was like, I hate archaeologists. They kicked me out of the club. Do you remember that? That like is a doc? Nephilim doc? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was kind of sick. Skeletons. Yeah, the skeleton stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I found these skeletons and nobody believes me. I don't know what to make of that stuff. That stuff's everywhere. And also, like, 
you know, there's just odd accounts from Native American tribes of like others, you know, right. like tr- people who. I mean, people, all people, all the world have shit, giants. Yeah. 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 Could the Sasquatch be like leftovers of the giants just hiding out in like mountains or sh- phasing in and out of existence or physical plane? Yeah, I'm not like a believer in a physical Sasquatch, I don't think. You're a ghost squatch believer? Yeah. I think there's something else afoot there. No uh-huh. pun intended. You, you intended Big that foot, part, yeah. Big Get foot. It? He's like walking around. Yeah, yeah. He has a big foot. He has a huge foot. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think if there was, it would have been found already. You know, I am one of those. Probably. On yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean. I understand this is a big country and there's some big land out there still, but. Yeah, you're gonna get. We're gonna get like a collar somehow, and it's gonna be like, don't you know it's a big country and we got a lot of land. <laughs> In a big country, you'll find yetis. Yetis. Yeah. I don't think we do. We have yetis here. Where's it's the same that? thing? That's farther north. No, yetis are like the Canadian one. They <laughs> they have more of a Canadian affect. Where do you where do you fall on this, Mike? Do you think did did you think for a long time Nessie was kind of like a missing link or? Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I tend towards like you know. Don't get me wrong. I, I do. You know, obviously, I've been on the show and talked about like ghostly phenomenon that I've witnessed. I, you know, think these things are real. But when it comes to like Sasquatch and Nessie, I do th- kind of lean towards a physical aspect, maybe like phasing. But I do think that they like are physical things, and I think there is plenty of room in like the waters and the earth to like hide. If I don't think if they want to be found, you know. I think that so many people like see them, even though it's not a lot in you know comparison to like the whole world. I think that's like enough to think that they're around and just like really good at hiding when they don't want to be seen. Yeah. yeah, that's that's my personal view. I just kind of yeah. stumbled on a thought. Sorry um, to interject, man, but like you stumbled. <laughs> yeah, I've stumbled on my big foot, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's 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 weird. Like, all right, so there's certainly like a physical element to these things. You can't deny that people hear fucking trees breaking, you know, they get stones thrown at them. They're hearing the whooping in the woods and all this stuff, but there's no corpse. There's no, (laughs) there's no smoking gun. There's no like, Oh really? Yeah. Nice. I shouldn't whoop. Yeah. Don't whoop. I've heard of accounts where like there have been corpses like, you know, and then they just like kind of get tucked away somewhere or they disappear somehow. There's been some some hoaxes in the past couple of years too of like big footy corpses and stuff. Yeah, but it's it was just a real it was a person. It's and then like you you have this idea of like ultra terrestrials like shape shifting taking different forms and then if you think about the idea of Project Bluebeam is our own sort of mythology that one day our government will use holographic technology to fake an alien. Uh, invasion, contact yeah. invasion so that we yeah you know basically either you know give them more power or more money or all of that stuff combined i think blue um, beams probably out the door at this point given how the world and people reacted to to a pandemic like nobody came together or like like coward it was like we're all still fucked yeah so I feel like that one might they might have been like, well, we're we tried it with the pandemic, and I don't think the aliens is gonna work. Yeah, I, I don't even mean as like a real no, I, I like thing, but I mean it's just interesting. Sure. Like, what if uh, that's just sort of the ultra terrestrials like Trojan horses to manifest like a Bigfoot or or a Nessie is sort of a distraction to huh. 
maybe invade your consciousness or, or like yeah yeah right that's why like you know and most less people will see a ufo and a sasquatch or something right yeah you know, so arconically cool. leech fear off of you it would be interesting if uh these like ultra terrestrial shapeless beings were somehow manipulating our government to to create a project blue Ma- blue beam scenario so that they then come into being through the holographs and then they gain their own agency right yeah like like we have to create these holograms in order to fool people so we can have control over them but then the holograms sort of like are filled with these amorphous entities that then take control of them i mean there's people who say that that, that about the internet too and i know right. that that's like oh, oh it sounds goofy because like the internet's just a, you know stupid memes and whatnot but like a lot of those yeah it is an, an ethereal realm you know where you're represented by an avatar like all of the the linguistic like uh significance of all the words we use for like language on the internet you know it doesn't uh i hiccuped i forget there's like weird significance of a lot of like internet terminology and stuff um yeah yeah but yeah i mean there's just a lot of room there for like the, the the manifestation of uh you know ultras ultras mk ultras mk ultra terrestrials that's my that's my side cast the goblin universe i i like the it's a really nice one of those uh grand theory books though you yeah know? i love that kind of stuff because it's it's different it's got a different different language different juice to it and he yeah he's he really embraces the folklore element in an interesting way right and it has that cover with like a oh, weird grid with amazing like, yeah with yeah. the Loch Ness Monster coming out, like out in the universe it's such a, it's like excellent yeah yeah I really regret that I didn't get to the mystery big cat section I wanted to read that just didn't, I yeah didn't get there yet. yeah what's I think say, we'll, what's he have to say about that I didn't get to it either but we'll uh we're fucked <laughs> yeah <laughs> truly a mystery we're gonna we're gonna we'll get into that Maybe we'll do. Maybe we'll read the chapter and then talk about it on the Patreon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think we're at the hour mark. We this is kind of a loose conversation here, but um, I had fun. I had fun too, and I hope you did oh, as well. Much. We're gonna turn over to the Patreon, do some weird uh, experiment, some paranormal experiments. Hopefully, not get possessed with the old brimstone cologne. Um, and we're gonna talk about some synchronicities and maybe some other experiences and weird stuff so check that out if you like what you hear uh if you think we're destroying the english language uh then oh, don't yeah. listen to us who was that don't worry about it and uh that fucking youtube guy we'll be back <laughs> all right okay yep so um you know if you're on the patreon slide over there and check it out and We'll be back next time. Um, we got some interviews lined up. And yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah. See ya. When we're back. Hey. Welcome to the Patreon portion of Consensus. Hey, hey, hey. Sounds like Bane. All right, Jesus Christ, this is really, <laughs> man, save it, save it for the next cassette release. I'm getting like a good run of these on Patreon, you know? What, like, uh, like 
Like a noise? Vocalization yeah. intros. We should do like a... That's not good. Like no a one wants to hear Gnostic vowel sounds chant. Uh, yeah, the Gnostics are probably just saying all kinds hey. of bullshit. 